The moment has arrived. I pushed the button. It's going to work. This is going to be scary good, man. I'm sorry. We're killing it. It's Maddie Levine with my good friend Dave Anok, and welcome to the Fight Banana Show. The ruthless one, El Dawson. Hey, guys. Our girl, Jillian the Savage Robertson. What's up? How you guys doing? Welcome to the Fight Bananas Show, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Fight Bananas. Happy Fight Bananas Show Day, guys. What's going on? Hey, guys. Just a normal Tuesday. No technical difficulties at all. You know. On Tuesdays, we hang out, and I love it. And thank you, as always, for joining the Fight Bananas Show with your squad, Dave Van Aken, L. Dawson, Maddie Levine here. We have so much to get to, guys, so I'm not going to take too long. I do want to start by, I was just scrolling on Instagram, and a uh, a little ad popped up for that new Roadhouse movie with, you know, Conor McGregor, you know. Post yeah. Malone's in it. Please tell me, Dave, you know who Post Malone is. Dude, I love me some Post Malone. Love. Thank God. Thank God. They should have been selling this. They should have been selling this. Where's my camera? Way more. This is dope. Yeah, that's cool. I'm in. This, this I'm makes you want now. to see the movie. <laughs> I'm I watching, like it. I'm watching. Anyway, um, welcome in. Welcome I, back to the Fight Banana Show. How we how we feeling, guys? What's going on? Dude, I haven't slept in two hour, two days. I had oh, to get so a third job after me losing my Super Bowl game. Uh, my kids haven't ate in forty eight hours. I'm oh God, uh, I'm in horrible right. shape. I'm just. I, this is they lost in overtime. I um, you know. So how about that? How about that kicker? Like, you know that that poor dude is just sitting there on the bench at the end going, I lost us the Super Bowl. Contemplating yeah. life. You missed that yeah. extra the extra point. Like, oh. Dave, remind everybody what the bet was. I, I don't remember. It was a lot of money. It was it, a, it was it a was, lot. Like, it was a chance. Bucks, I think. 500 bucks, something like that. Was I don't I'm, I'm just, I, I'm just, I got to work more hours. I'll work 85 hours this week. Dude. We have our yes, T-ball yes, draft tonight. Taylor and Emerson's first T-ball team. So, you know, I'll just fit it in. That's oh, another thing man. for me to do. It's, it's, maybe Dean will put you on a payment plan. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll work the show for him for free on March 2nd. How about that? How about Gabe Brett? Don't, I work for free. Listen, don't say that too loud because he might take you up on that. <laughs> Don't be, don't be doing that. But yeah, the Super Bowl was super great. I thought it was a really good game. Did yeah. I watch all of it? We'll get to that later. Uh, but we got plenty to cover from the Super Bowl to funny headlines to Sean Strickland being Sean Strickland to a really very exciting pay-per-view this weekend. Did you guys catch um, UFC over the weekend? Hermanson versus Pfeiffer. I did. We, we both did. We both did. Um, and I'm. I, if I could just lead this ship for a second, the fight all week long. Uh, Elle and Grant are, I would say, friends with Joe Pfeiffer. Is that fair? L, I'm not not spoiling. Good acquaintances, like okay, no, good acquaintances. You know, and he's great, dude. All week long, Joe Pfeiffer was a big time betting favorite. He was definitely the guy they built the show around, and he was supposed to win this fight. Let's just call it a spade a spade. I was even on Joe Pfeiffer all week. Saturday, I wake up. I'm like, nope, Jack Hermanson. Been in so many main events before. This is a big step up. If he doesn't knock out Jack Hermanson early, like J Jack Hermanson spoiled a lot of kind of rising tides uh, for uh, five, seven years in the UFC. Just so it hit me. I'm like, I got Jack Hermanson. I bet on Jack Hermanson that night. I oh, called wow. L and said, hey, L, Jack Hermanson's winning this fight. And you're like, really? I'm like, 
I was like, Joe Pfeiffer is going to win the first round or two, dominate him, and then he will get through that. The veteranship and all that will come through, and that's like literally exactly what yeah. happened. I don't nail a lot, but yeah, I think yeah. those experience points matter. Yeah, like we've got a lot of fights like that coming up in those up higher weight classes too. Like we have Brendan Allen fighting Marvin Vittori yeah. is another great example of a dude who has just been in so many high level fights, and then a young prospect who's kind of coming up the ranks. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to see how these like experience points are going to, you know, play out in the, these cards, especially this weekend too. Yeah. I, th- I think that was a huge moment. Is it Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. That's what I thought. I just wanted just to double check. Yeah, we just let Dave do what he needs to do. I get it. But I thought it was a huge moment for Pfeiffer. <laughs> Anthony um, Jaquani. Jaquani. Listen, we've moved on from that name, David. <laughs> Anthony Jaquani? Anyway, I thought this was a huge learning curve for Piper. I think it was super necessary. I think it was I think it was everything that we kind of expected as fight fans. You know, we know that he can dominate one and a half rounds, two rounds, but what about those championship rounds? And what I loved the most was he immediately knew what he did wrong, like in the cage. He was like, it was the leg. I just didn't know what to do with it. And I, you know, to be able to reflect so quickly on that and not be, of course he was emotional, but to not be overly emotional and just be like, yeah, I I couldn't figure out the front leg. He was attacking my front leg and I got to figure that out. Can we stop interviewing the losers though? Like, how do you guys feel about that? I I love it. I really? like it. I, as really? long as it's not a knockout. They don't, yeah. they don't do that anymore. Totally I 100% agree. If you're knocked totally out agree. in a main event, yeah. no, you should not get, like, they shouldn't make you interview. But I, I personally, I think it's, I think it's good. It gives, really? it gives, it makes the sport more real. It makes us, allows us That's to fair. see more of the sport. And I think it humanizes these fighters even more, which is, right. is good. Like they right. should be like, we should get to see how they respond in, in adversity as well. I mean, call me bitter, but I don't want to be interviewed after I lose. Oh, I want to be like, get that fucking microphone out of my face. Like, no, you know, like, and that's, and Maddie, you can it. say that too. I kind of like if actually a fighter does do that in the future, like that's raw, real emotion. I love it. That's fair. And I say this all the time and people go back and forth in the podcast and think, remember there was a fighter last week that we will not name on Fight Bananas anymore that he's not happy with. He wants to be paid for interviews and shit like that. The... I can argue what people do outside the cage and in interviews and in podcasts and on the microphone is almost more important than what they do inside that cage. Like, just look at the biggest grossing fighters. Sean O'Malley is not Sean O'Malley because what he does inside the cage. He does he does good. He is a really yeah. good fighter, but he wouldn't have got that title shot if he didn't talk the way he talked or had his show and looked the way he looked and all that jazz. So it's like that time is gold that time that joe had with dc on a microphone like like not saying like remember like like dude grant loves dc like that's an awesome time to have it even in a loss like joe can elevate his status moving forward even on a loss and the thing that's uh, maddie you said it and i said it to l afterwards literally the second word after uh the loss that joe said was media and i think it's that back to the point of it was his first main event ever. He's only had three fights in the UFC as, you know, and and with everything. It's like, it's a total huge step up of time and effort. The lights are on you. You walk in the apex, like every 
media member. Every camera is on you. You can't just go underneath the radar anymore. It is a big step up that people have never done it before. Have no idea. They they just they they right. think it's the same. It's not the same. It's not way like- more interviews. Way more interviews. Fight week for Grant's main event week than any other fight week he had had before. It's a mm-hmm. lot different. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I could see that. I think it was a huge learning curve for him. I yep. he's so easy to love. He's so easy to root for. I think you know. Very his story, yeah, his story is so great, and he's so open and honest about telling his story. You know, it's 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 easy to it's easy to root for him for sure, for sure. But between cool. that and then the Super Bowl the next day, I mean, it was a pretty it was a pretty fun weekend. Yeah, it was. Guys, um, that halftime show. Come on now. It was awesome. Come on now. Dave, awesome. please. Okay, good. I was like, Dave, for the love of God, please tell me you like Usher. I like well, just. Uh, he brought out you're, everybody. Not even me. Everybody. He did. Yeah, and like, dude, Usher is my time. Like, Usher's a okay. my thing. I'm sorry. Those are cats from 2023. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. I love Lisa Post alone. Yeah, I, I love country music, dude. I've been, uh, dude. I see Garth Brooks live. Come on, I seen okay. them all. Like, I, I, I don't know if that ages me, but like, That's okay. on, Usher was awesome. Dude, oh, I think we should have more so halftime shows good. in a big UFC 300. We should have uh we should have a big time uh musical act in UFC 300. Dude, that would be Imagine a halftime show at a UFC event. I would pass. Let's think about let's I'm think about it for a second. Let's, let's envision it for a second. All right? Like you 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 get done with the prelims, you got that awkward time in between, like you know, a bunch of promo and Green videos. Day comes on. But the problem is the awkward time in between is short. Like, yeah, if it fair. was like thirty minutes, I would understand. But like, we, like I don't, I'm, I want to watch fights. Like, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Feel no, you. I get that. I get that. But Usher absolutely crushed it. All of like everybody that I was talking to, we were all trying to guess the first song, and it just like wasn't. He just has so many songs that it was impossible. But loved it. Loved that he got married after. It was, you know, it was great. Loved it. Great. Talking about great Miss Maddie Levine, our next guest coming in live right now, fighting on March 2nd in Orlando, Florida at the Kia Center for Game Bread Bare Knuckle oh, MMA. I can't wait for the whole event. We'll be working it. Maddie, you and I all week long. Uh, this guy's an absolute stud. Let's bring on, never talked to him uh, personally, so let's bring on TJ Brown. Whoop, whoop. What's up? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks What's for up, joining. TJ? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Kind of uh, in between in between sessions here. Just got done doing a few private lessons. About to kick off some training when we get done here. Are, are you are you punching walls and poles bare knuckle now? Is that is that your training? Are you just punching wood? Or what what are you doing for this bare knuckle fight? See, actually, I've been going downtown and picking fights with with strangers and bombs. Uh, you know, to prepare my mind and body for the fight. So Love you it. know, I should I should be well prepared. If I didn't know how nice you were, I might <laughs> might believe that. But there's no way for a chance I would believe that TJ Brown is fighting random strangers. <laughs> He's got to get those reps in, guys. That's right. I love it. So this is your first bare knuckle fight, correct? Yeah, right. What are the emotions like right now? Dude, I'm uh, I'm super excited. Like, this has kind of been like a – I've always said my whole career, like, I was going to do one. Like, I'm, I wasn't going to finish my career without doing one. Uh, I've always thought like uh, that's it, it's as real as it gets. You know what I mean? Like the bare knuckle is as real, and bare knuckle MMA is as real as it gets. So to be able to do it and and make some money while doing it, man, I'm super excited. Now, if you ask any of my family members or anybody, they think I'm crazy as hell. But uh, 
uh, I'm super pumped. A lot of my, my training partners are super pumped. My coach is super excited. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. So no hesitation, no worries about, you know, the beautiful hands, nothing like that. Man, I, I have thought about my hand. I broke my hand three times now. Uh, but, but I, it's just something I've, I've kind of accepted, you know, and at the end of the day, this is what I do. Like I'm, right. I'm a fighter. This is how I provide for my family. This is what I do. It's my livelihood. Like this is what I do. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited. How what was the phone call like? Okay. Did you get it? What did you feel about it? What, what would take us down that road of like, holy crap. Yeah, we're doing this. Let's go. Yeah, man. I, I, I think it come at a right time. You know, um, I, I think the matchup's good. I, I think like game bread, they're really doing a, a, something that that's exciting people. Like I couldn't tell you how many people uh, that when I told the news that some of them were already going to the show in Orlando. And yeah, like uh, when I told them they were super, super excited. I was on, on the card. So man, I, I'm excited, dude. Like, uh, you know, I'm a fighter. Like you watch my fights. Like I, I, I come to fight. This is what I do. And uh, man, uh it, it's been good man like there i won't lie i've sit at home by myself a few times and just had to accept like this is what i'm doing you know and uh, this is one of them fights like i'm gonna have to go to that place you know like like l said like, i'm a nice person but i have this thing inside of me and uh i'm lucky i have the uh the avenue of fighting to let it out and i get to uh let that out and uh i have to go to that place in this fight and uh it, it's exciting man it's exciting you're uh, you're always in exciting fights. Like I don't think I've ever seen a boring TJ Brown fight. So my my question for you is with with bare knuckle being so different and there's being such a big difference. Do you feel like your style translates over? Because we always see you trying to finish fights. Do you feel like we're gonna see that same style, or do you feel like you'll have to slow things down a little bit without the gloves? I, I, you know, to be honest, this is my first one. I, I can't tell you that I, I know for sure, but th there is something inside of me that, that says I was, I was made to do this. Like I was, I was made to do this. This is my kind of fight. And, uh, I, I'm ready to see if that's true, you know, but there's something internally in me that, that tells me I was put here to do this and that, uh, and, and that my style of fighting is going to ma match well with this, you know? So, we're going to see March 2nd. Let's go. Um, did you see, and I don't know why I have this with you, not the analogy, just the example of what Randy Costa did around two months ago for Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA. Very exciting fighter, close in weight class. Of course, was in the UFC, came down here and made a freaking statement. Uh, his name's got a ton of buzz from it. I know they want him back and, you know, they, that might happen in the future. Have you seen that fight by Costa or have you seen any game bread bare knuckle fights or shows uh, to date? Uh, yeah. So I, I had heard of that Randy Costa before because I went to Tulum Muay Thai and I was down there training and uh, I took some a Muay Thai fight down there and I'd heard about him there. He trained there, I, I believe. And I'd heard about him and, uh, uh, and I haven't seen that fight, but I'll tell you a fight I did watch that I was really enjoyed was Brandon Davis fought uh, another guy. Brandon Davis, we I fought a few of the same cards, and dude, that was a good one, man. Like, that's exciting. And then, like, the, the very first fight on that card, the guy, like, breaks his hand, got busts his face open the first fight. I'm like, man, I'm in for it now, you know? <laughs> so, uh, this is this is definitely an exciting sport, dude. I feel like you're always looking to finish, whether you're striking or you're grappling. I honestly, I think you've got to be one of the guys with the most submission attempts per fight. 
that I've seen personally. I feel like submissions are easier in bare knuckle because you don't have the gloves in the way. Do you feel like you're going to be falling more on your submission attacks or more on your striking in bare knuckle? Uh, he, I'm not going to go in this fight forcing anything. I've, I've thought about this, Cell. Like, uh, I'm not going to be forcing anything, but I'm going to come there to fight. I'm going to come there to put this guy away. I think I have the attributes to put him away, either striking at, or on the ground. But you're right. Uh, I've thought about this. Like, rear naked chokes are going to be way easier from what I'm thinking. Being able to hold grips are going to be way better without the glove. So uh, I can't say I'm stuck on doing one or the other, but I am going to come forward and I'm going to bring the fight. I mean, your striking must be super sound right now because if you were spending time in Tulum, then you were taking some tie fights, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I love following that family and the whole Tulum crew. Like, they're just good people. What was your experience like when you went there? Uh, you, you hit it on the nail, man. Like, the, the people down there, the culture, the community, it, it's beautiful, man. Like, they're they really uh, absorb that, that, that team atmosphere. And, man, just the lifestyle them guys get to live. They just go down yeah. there. They're training. Go to the beach. Like, it's it's a, it's a dream, like, man. The ring like, is literally on the beach, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. It, it, the, yeah the, their new one is is actually on the beach. And yeah. uh, But, man, it's, it's beautiful down there. Uh, I can't say enough about Eddie uh, and his wife, Brooke, the, the owners of the gym, man. They, they really take care of the guys. They took care of me while I was down there. And, dude, there are some absolute savages down there. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've got world-class guys like Magnus there. But also, like, uh, you know, they've got a lot of these young up-and-comers that are just hungry, man. Like, uh, hungry. You know, I've I've been in this game for, like, uh, 10, 15 years now. And, like, it was a good reminder. There's these young cats coming up trying to mm -hmm. take your spot, take your soul, man. Like, they're <laughs> fighting for everything. And uh, it, it, really, uh, it really pushed me to become better. I love uh, that. The main event of your card on the second, two absolute legends, Junior Dos Santos, Alan Belcher for the first game-bred bare-knuckle MMA World Heavyweight Championship. Um, after your fight and after your win, are you going to come out with a uh, you know a cold beverage and watch this main event? And are you uh, is there someone that you might be rooting for, or you uh, you know just want to see a good good fight in that big main event? You know. Uh... This is kind of cool. Uh, I wanted to share this. Like, Dos Santos was one of my favorite heavyweights, like, growing up. Yeah. Like, I loved watching his boxing. Like, I absolutely loved it. And to, 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 to share the same card as him is almost like a dream, man. And Alan Belcher, dude, like, everybody, like, from around here, uh, he, he's a big name. Uh, he's right yeah. down the road, you know. So, uh, that's going to be an absolute banger. Uh, dude, like, as far as sharing a beverage, like, I'm actually, like, eight months sober. Uh, I was gonna so, say that. Yeah, dude. Congratulations, so, uh, man. Yeah, it's been it's been huge, man. It's been something that's that's helped me personally. It's helped my, my relationship with my son. It's I'm I'm actually uh, accountable now, so that helps too. You know. <laughs> so, uh, but but no, I won't have beverages, but I'll definitely be tuning in, man. What a fucking main card, dude. What a main card. Yeah, I mean, congratulations on your sober journey. That's incredibly empowering. What if you don't mind sharing? What was the moment? for you that you said to yourself, I need to make a change. Sure. Um, I, I'm cool with going into a little detail. Like, but basically like I prided, I pride my life on, uh, changing my life for my son being this father that I never had like, and, uh, it got to a point where I wasn't being that guy. And, uh, I was putting, uh, drinking and partying in, in front of, 
my responsibilities <clears throat> and some things happen uh to where i realized you know it just hit me in the face like dude you're you're screwing up like and uh i wasn't being uh, a good coach i wasn't being a good training partner i wasn't i wasn't being a good man and it it uh i sit in i sit with i had to sit with that alone and accept where my life was going and i wanted to make a change i wanted to make a change first for my son and then like through this process started kind of loving myself a bit you know so man it's it's uh it's been huge and very difficult man uh but but uh something i'm really proud of yeah well thank you for sharing that because i'm sure there's people out there that need to hear that message and will gravitate towards that message and then after your fight we can have some sprites on the rocks and just cheers to that Let's yeah. go. Let's go. I'm Shirley here for Temple. My, my son loves a Shirley that's Temple. What I'm you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Mine does too, I'll, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a Shirley Temple with you because I, I don't go. drink either. So <laughs> Perfect. I, you brought up you brought up your son Kyler. I like I've seen him in the gym with you before. I know he's he's been a part of the life since he was super little. How is he reacting to you transitioning over to bare knuckle? Is he excited? Maybe a little nervous? Are you going to bring him to the fight with you? You know, that's a good question, Al. I uh, what what does he think? He uh, he knows I'm crazy, <laughs> so he's it. kind of accepted that I'm doing it. <laughs> so 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 that's cool. But um, man, he he's been around so long with this L. He understands what I do. And this is how I provide. This is what this is what allows me and him to go. Like we went to Colorado last week, you know, and it allows me to do that. It allows us to go to Mexico. It allows us allows him to go do all this travel baseball he has to do, you know. Aww. And he understands that, you know. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to bring him. Uh, he, he usually does come. Uh, he, he usually does come to all my fights, but I'm still kind of in the in the air on if I'm going to bring him or not. It's a new environment for sure. And it's it's a little bit different from, you know, like fighting in the apex, pretty quiet, you know, like that's going from that to this huge arena in this Definitely. big event with a very different style of fighting. I can understand that being a little bit of a. Yeah. And a different fan base. I will say that. For sure. You yeah. know, he was actually in my corner for my Muay Thai, Muay Thai fight. Oh, it was awesome. so cool. And how old is so he? Cool. Uh, I'm sorry. How old is he? 12. He's 12. Oh, that's but so he was great. There and like, dude, I remember like being uh, in between the second and third round and looking over at him. I was like, man, I got to get my shit together. Like <laughs> he's watching, you know I what I mean? It. Like it was Aww. real. Uh, but but uh, I, I want to take him, but I'm just a bit skeptical on it. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And especially, you know, like you got to be focused, man. Right. So it's like anything right. to take away from that. It's like, all right, let's we got to put dad first for a second. For sure, man. For sure. Uh, you know, he, he's been a huge motivator throughout my career. Like, honestly, a lot of what I do it isn't <clears throat> so much for myself before him. So he is a motivator. But uh, if there is any kind of distraction as to how he's taking it, how he's feeling, right. you know, I don't I don't want that. So, so right. you're right. Of course. Yeah. Couple more, we'll let you go, TJ. I know you're super busy, man. A couple of weeks away. It's it's wild. Uh, fight week is around the corner. Before you know it, I know fighters love having that date, March second, permanent black marker, big circle around it. I know you don't want to think past it, but is there anything in the future? Do you, you know, if everything goes well on the second, you're like, oh, game bread, bare knuckle. You know, they 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 uh, great company to work for. There's some zeros at the end of that check. Would you want to go forward with them? Is there? Do you want to go back to Muay Thai? Do you have any kind of spring, summer, maybe plans in the works? 
Sure. Uh, so uh, it's first things first, man. Uh, March 2nd, I got to go out here and take this guy out. But, dude, um, I could definitely see myself fighting for Green Bay more. You know, I'm going to experience it for the first time, really get a true feel for it. But it's definitely something I'm interested in, something I enjoy. And, and heck, they don't pay bad either. So so that's they good, too. <laughs> so, uh, but, but we'll see. Uh, you know, another thing I've been thinking of is, uh, you know, I've, I've been offered a, uh, <clears throat> a full-time uh, coaching job, you know, that, uh, that, that I'm really interested in. So that may be something I'll be working towards towards the end of the year. But uh, first things first, man. I got to go out there and take this guy out March 2nd. I love it. I love it. I love the pay. Yeah, the game bread handles us up pretty well over here. I like it. I ain't going to complain about that. Last thing for you, my man. Did you watch the Super Bowl? If you did, who were you rooting for? Was it all about Taylor Swift? What were you doing on Sunday night? <laughs> Dude, I uh, so I, I played football. I actually I played and I went to a little D two college here in Arkansas to play football. Things didn't quite work out, but uh, I love football. I love football. Uh, defensive back and running back. Let's go. Believe it or not, your Let's boy go. used to run a four four nine at one point in time. DJ. <laughs> All right, Christian uh, McCaffrey, I see you. Let's go. That boy can run. Uh, he can. But um, actually, dude, it was a great game. First of all, like, great. dude, what a what a great game. What a great finish. Uh, I was uh, I actually put a little money on Kansas City. You know, uh, there you go. Dave didn't. Uh, <laughs> I was I was super impressed by Mahomes, dude. Like uh, he kind of uh, the, the his ability to uh, get it back together at the end of that game was absolutely uh, unbelievable. I mean, that's what winners do. And I was super impressed by that. But my son was telling me about the other quarterback. Apparently he's got some good story. Like he was uh, last picked in the draft and this and that. And, and now he's in a Super Bowl. So, uh, but uh, heck, I put some money on Kansas City and we won. So that's a, it's a good day. <laughs> Oh, you're putting your head down, man. What's up? He lost a lot of money, TJ. Ah. The, the, the man you signed in the checks for you for game bread, him and I made a bet, you know, and maybe I had San Francisco. Maybe there's a couple zeros attached to it. I don't know, TJ. Well, yeah. after uh, we'll, we'll talk more in Orlando, Florida, man. I'm not doing good. so well right now. I got to <laughs> I, I gotta dig ditches all week long to break even this week. You know what I mean? Oh It'd it, it be that way sometime. <laughs> we'll we'll get man, you a good this week. I know, I know. Uh, Orlando, Florida, fight weeks around the corner, March 2nd, Game Bread Bare Knuckle. Tickets are still on sale at Ticketmaster.com. You can watch the event absolutely free at the Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA YouTube channel. TJ, any last words, my man? Man, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Thank all the great training partners that's coming in this week. My coach, Rolly Delgado. Man, I'm going to go out there and represent Arkansas and get a dub, man. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. TJ, appreciate it. We'll see you soon, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. See ya. There's TJ Brown, downtown TJ Brown. Man, why is why no one, no birdie told me, hey, don't don't bet on the Niners? God dang it. <laughs> it was me. I was the birdie. Yeah, I think I, L I told you that. <sighs> My brother did too. My brother, like, that day is like, wait, you're not doing this, are you? Like, he saw the clip. He's like, dude, you can't do this. I'm like, I'm sorry, you dude. I, I mean, I you were so close. You were so close. You should, you should I know. Send. Going going into halftime, it looked pretty good for you. Just coming Thank out. You. Not not so good. Not so good. Yeah. Oh. TJ's yeah. good. He has a 12 year old son just like me. We're gonna we're gonna bond in Orlando, Florida. I, I like love him. That. Disney World. He's the best dude. He's I the best that. guy. I love TJ. And his yeah, kid is like that. is one of the most polite children I've ever met. Oh, that's like, sweet. Very that's nice good. kid. Oh, I like it. He'll be TJ, easy to huh? root for come uh, game bread in that's March. So that'll be really fun.
Moving ahead to this weekend, guys. I'm so excited for this card. UFC 298. Volk is back. Tapuria is back. And a long list of studs are back. Guys, how are we feeling? Oh, well, feel such a good card. The whole card is good. Can't like, wait. It's, we got, it's like back to back to back good. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. this isn't like, oh, we're just looking forward to the main event. Like, I can't wait to get to the main event. No, it's like the whole main card is going to be, knock on wood, very exciting. And like, Ian Gary's on the card and no one's talking about him. Usually, like, he is the all the talk of fight week. Robert Listen. Whitaker versus Paula Costa? Like, that fight's insane. Marab versus Henry Cejudo? Marab Davalos Willie? And I absolutely know that last hire- did Marab hire Cejudo's coach? That's what we need to know. Thousand percent. We kind of posted about it. We posted about it. Now we're all talking. Yeah. No, he definitely Cejudo did. Firing his coach on like live. Yeah. How far was that? That was so no, weird. T- that's, no, no, no. L, 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 L. Dude, it's all a game. This thing is all a game. You don't think he's like that was, hey, for one, he might be in literally Cejudo corner and this is just a whole game. Or two is, <laughs> You know, maybe he was busy. There's no way he did it and it was real and they taped it on YouTube. No way. Okay, so you're saying he didn't really fire him. Yeah, like, he didn't fire him. He, like, doesn't have actual coaches in his corner is what I've heard. Like. So here's my thing on Henry Cejudo, and I'm glad we're going down this route because the biggest question I have for Henry Cejudo is why does he feel the need to keep fighting? And I think it is all ego-based at this point. It is not the love of the game. I really don't think it is. I think it's a matter of, like, y'all still need to be talking about Triple C, so I'm going to make sure that I'm in that cage. Like, it doesn't feel like a hungry fighter. It feels very much like, hey, why am I not in the spotlight anymore? So I just, I don't know. I've got this weird feeling about him. I I don't know if this is going to be a great matchup for him. I'm not seeing the fire anymore. I think that's the facade. I think that's the the triple C character. Because like obviously we've talked to Sudo. Sudo, he has some really great, really great stuff to say. He answered one of my like lifetime questions, uh, which was really cool. But I, I think that that's the character is the, oh, it's all about me being the center of attention. I think what it is, is I think he's a lifelong competitor. I don't think guys like Cejudo are happy unless they are in true competition. And that's why I think he won't ever be. I I don't think he'll ever get to a Conor McGregor level where I don't think he actually cares about fighting and he's just Mm -hmm. doing it to be a part of it and then get the, get the paycheck. I think Henry Cejudo truly loves the competition. So that doesn't worry me. Is the matchup a good matchup for him? I don't know. We'll see. I think this is a tough fight for both guys, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's slacking, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And he definitely strikes me as a guy who, like you said, like has thrives on competition. And he's going to be one of those fighters that is like literally escorted out of the organization. Like he's not going to leave willingly. I don't think like he's going to leave kicking and screaming. A big part of what Henry Cejudo, I think is doing in 2024 and 2023 and above there's different booms in mixed martial arts. And I'm talking about money. Uh, 10 years ago, there was a boom. And then five years ago, there was like an ESPN boom of like fighter pay went up and like main event and heavy and main events and pay-per-views, all that. 
the new boom in 2023 and 2024, and you can check out almost every high-level big-time MMA fighter, there's this podcast slash YouTube slash this boom. Izzy's got one. Jamal Hill's got one. Sean Strickland, out of all people, you would think this guy would never do it. He has one and just put it out. And I'm telling you guys, there is so much freaking money on these like Henry Cejudo to go on YouTube and do shows. One, YouTube's paying you money. You get sponsors paying you money. And yeah. to keep yourself sometimes not relevant, but to kind of get a boom into subscribers and that stuff. What's the best well, way to do it? You fight. Like that's a, you ask yeah. any female who does like the fighting and the, you know, and only fans on the side, their biggest week is fight week or if they yeah. win and all that stuff. Like and for a fighter, a male you know, there's no boom. Like Jamal Hill, let's just be honest. He's kind of out of the news and out of this. Like he puts out a show. It probably does great. If he's fighting Alex Piera in the main event of UFC 301, that is a boom. Whenever he puts out content, I will be watching. I need to watch it to see what he's talking about for the main event. And that's just someone in the business. I'm telling you, these uh, the smart ones, they're all getting YouTube shows, channels, things. It's it's all it's about relevance. It's all about being top dog, not just in the cage, but out of the cage as well. And, you know, honestly, if you're making a YouTube channel now, you're behind the ball and you got some catching up to do. I will say this too, as somebody who has experienced this, when your day job is going to the gym and playing with your friends, it is so, so hard to go back to working a nine to five for somebody else. So the, the freedom to keep living this lifestyle, I think is yeah. huge for these athletes. And that's why we're all trying to build wealth and build streams of income right now that aren't fighting because we know we have a really short time limit on how long we can fight and actually make money for it. So I am, mm. I see these fighters doing it and I get it like working yeah. for somebody sucks. Yeah, L, that's a great point. Longevity, wealth, when like the fighting is no longer an option, like there's no freaking way Sean Strickland is going to work at like a Wendy's drive-through <laughs> after his little stint. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yes, can we see your application? Yes, I knock motherfuckers out all the time. Uh, can you um, hire me? Thanks. Like that's he, yeah. he had a busy weekend. Sean Strickland had a busy <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> Crazy weekend. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Oh my um, God. I mean, we could go on and on about Sean Strickland, but do you want to keep talking about 298 before we talk about the lovely Sean Strickland? Definitely. You, you want to do peel back the headlines or you want to do the show stealer, Maddie? You're in charge. You're the boss. Well, the show stealer is for UFC 3. Or, yeah, it is this weekend. So why don't we skip to that real quick? Let's do our show stealer. All right, so the show stealer is the person that you think is going to win over the crowd, win the spotlight, steal the show, if you will, at UFC 298. There's plenty of studs on this card, but who do we think is going to walk away with stardom? Dave, who is your show stealer? All right. I kind of went back and forth. We talked about this pre-post in our special meeting that we have for this show. And um, I was like, okay, cool. I like this question. I went back and forth. And then I got down to brass knucks. It's only one man. There's only one correct answer here. The guy that can steal the show at USC 298 is in the main event. He is right now a little bit of an underdog. It might change. It's wild how close the odds are. He's the challenger. It's Ilya Taporia. Like this show, if Taporia does what I think he can do, and you ready? What he, what I think he will do, 
he Woo. goes to superstardom. Like Tapora becomes one of those top 10, top eight guys in the business, like a Sean O'Malley. Um, I talked about it with L before we went on. His UFC run is so eerie to Conor McGregor. Look at the fights, look at the opponents, and look at like how kind of quickly he went there, the ascension. This is his seventh fight in the octagon, 6-0. and oh, A ton of finishes. Is Volkanovski, you know, he's in that 35. Like, there's something about being 35 in the UFC. And he's fought a lot. Not even just fought a lot, guys. Like, he's fighting his last seven fights, I believe, were all championship fights. Five featherweight championship fights. Two lightweight championship fights against Makhlchev. The last time, got knocked out for, like, the first time ever. Like, how can you come back from that? There's just a lot of, like... I just got to see it. If Volkanovski proves me wrong, I, I have no doubt about it. I'll I'll put that respect emoji up and be like, all right, Volkanovski, you got it. But I think Taporia is going to steal the show and become the new UFC featherweight championship of the world. Woo! Hot take. Hot take. L? All right. I So I went deeper into the card. I didn't want to give you too obvious of an answer. I wanted to find a guy that I feel like is being overlooked because this is such an amazing card. And it's funny because if you had asked me this question a few weeks ago, I would have said the guy that this guy replaced on the card, which was Ikram Alaskarov, I would have said he was the show stealer of the card. But now it is absolutely Roman Kopolov, who once again is another guy that nobody's talking about on this card. And honestly... Yep. Not enough people talk about already just in general. The dude's been to two decisions, one in his pro debut, which he won, and one decision that he lost in the UFC. But man, like he's just, the dude is fireworks. Like the way he kicks, the way he boxes is so, so, so exciting. And he's got a perfect dance partner in Anthony Hernandez, who is just tough. Like he's yeah. a tough dude and he is, he is a good fighter and he's skilled in his own right. I don't think he's going to have the tools to beat Roman Kopilov here, but man, like that's going to be a really huge moment for Roman Kopilov mm -hmm. when he spinning back kicks fluffy. And just the gives field. you all the good shit. Just yeah, gives, it all, like, gives it all, puts it all on the line. I love that. Great like, just go watch, do yourselves a favor and go watch a highlight reel of Roman Kopilov. When you hear his kicks land, like oh. it hurts you. Dude, like, I love that shit. I love that shit. Kicks are the best. Um, show stealing for me. I'm gonna go with Robert Whitaker for a couple reasons. Okay. He's coming off a loss from DDP. He's gonna be fired up and it He's just one of those fan favorites. Like when he fights, yeah. people get excited. He gives us the exciting fights. He never backs down. Like it's always going to be exciting. And he's going up against the heel. He's going up against somebody that I can't fucking stand. I don't know about you guys, but Paulo Costa, I'm I'm done with you, bro. Like you're you're obnoxious. Nobody gives a fuck what your secret juice is. We don't care what you're sipping on. And I think if Robert Whitaker can get, get that knockout, people are going to go nuts because they're going to be excited for Whitaker, but they're also going to be excited to see Costa get finished. <laughs> so that's my show stealer. I mean, all three of these are very, very good, uh, good picks. I think. I love it. I love it. And, and again, all three are great picks. And we didn't mention the Henry Cejudo, Marab fight, or Ian Geary. It is such a good right. card. That's why I cannot right. wait. Oh, I cannot wait Wednesday night uh, for Ben and Bananas. Like, I cannot oh. wait to just, like, really get into it. Like, and there's a couple of even prelims that would not even been talked about. And then the, I can, 
I feel like I can sit on this main event for 20 more minutes. Like this yeah. main event is one of those, it's a top five, top seven fights that the UFC can make. It's like a perfect time in. It's not too late for Volkanovski. It's not like way too early for Tapori. It just seems like it's like right. And we're going to, we will find out like whoever wins will bunk the other one. But I think it's such a good time in for this fight. It's perfect. It really is good. I am glad you brought up Ian Gary though, because I think he's one of those contenders that we need to just touch upon for a second because of the drastic change we have seen in this man for this fight camp. He went from being the loudest, most obnoxious opponent to almost radio silence for this entire pre-card moment. What do you think changed for him? You want to go first? <laughs> I, I, I have an answer, but then I do want to go back to your question because it's kind of not the answer you're asking me, the question you're asking me. I, I just want to say sometimes that's not good that whatever uh, he was for one, he was winning, right? He was, I think four and oh, five and oh in the UFC. So mm -hmm. he was doing good in the UFC. Sometimes like don't mess with success. Don't mess with your mojo. If that's who you are, like, dude, go for it. If you are outspoken and you are, I don't want to say the word arrogant. If you're confident, like keep doing that. If that's who you are, yeah. go for it. And if you're the exact opposite, if you are the quiet assassin killer type, don't get all loud now in a big fight. I think it's weird that he is being so quiet. And I actually don't like it. Yeah. I, the press conference, we'll see. Like, I think on, you know, the press conference and, and the weigh-ins and that, if, if he, he kind of gets loud, I would be uh, more intrigued that he'll do good. But if he's quiet all week, dude, Jeff Neal is like one of those guys. Like, if Jeff Neal on a good night can beat anyone in the world. Like, if, if Ian Gary is not at 100 and Jeff Neal is like Jeff Neal's going to, he's going to make him look funny. Like he's going to like make him look bad. So I just, I, I go back to your question now, Maddie. Like I just want Ian Gary to be Ian Gary, good, bad, or indifferent. Just be fucking yourself. Just be yourself. I'm fine with it. Um, But back to your question, like I, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know. Like, I don't like, is it good? Like, I don't know if him being quiet for this camp is a good thing. I, I don't think it is. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that, A, it's not it's not so much, oh, my gosh, he's quiet now. He's doing the opposite. I think it's proof that he is not prepared to put himself mentally out there again because he couldn't handle what he was getting earlier. <laughs> and, I like, he's he's been booted from a couple different gyms now. So – like he's not allowed to train at the place he he was used to training at in UK. He doesn't train at Killcliffe anymore, correct? So like now it's kind of it, this is all this is too much to change for one camp for a guy like Jeff Neal who smashed Vicente Luque, who I think was going to beat Ian Gary, and I think Ian Gary knew that Vicente Luque was going to beat him on that night. I don't think he was sick. I think he knew that he was going to lose that fight, and he was not in the right headspace. So I could be wrong, of course, but that's my theory. And I think it was the right call to pull out of that fight. I think if he had gotten smashed by Luke, I think he would have lost a lot of momentum. And if you're not like, if there's a lot of reasons that fighters shouldn't fight necessarily, he clearly was not in the right headspace to fight. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's necessarily fixed that problem mm -hmm. because he's not, he's not putting himself out there. He's not willing to make himself the target. And so if he gets to media week, and then all of a sudden, that attention that he didn't want, that he's been avoiding, is being thrust upon him. 
And he has a really tough fight in a guy like Jeff Neal, who is really hard to put away and hits really like hard. an absolute truck. Landed some crazy good shots when he fought Shavkat. Like had some really good moments. And I would like, I would say that Ian Gary is a more hittable target than Shavkat. So this is a, a very tough fight for him to have all these question marks, like a new camp. And like you said, being a totally different person. I think it's bad. I've been viewing it in two lenses. You know, I I do come from that like broadcasting social media background with my day job. So I, I view it from the behind the scenes side, but I also view it as a fan. So from, I'm curious on one hand, did him and his, you know, team, his producers, his social media team, whatever, because he clearly has one. Did they say to him, hey, man, let's dial back. Let's let all of these nasty headlines die out. Let your fight do the talking for a hot sec. And then we'll get back to creating your brand again, because right now your brand is uh, not yeah. really working out. So let's figure this out. Or did all of that terrible media truly get to him? And I think it may be a combination of both, right? Yeah, because yeah. like you said, L, he's got a lot of moving pieces. A lot of people are no longer drinking the Ian Gary juice, if, if yeah. you will. Um, Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid, thank you. Kool-Aid. And uh, yeah, this might be like a, like a rebranding of Ian Gary. But is that the best option? Like you said, Dave, because huh. we had spoken to Joe Penafiel a long time ago. Uh, about because if, if you know the party, Joe Penafiel, he's a uh, Orlando fighter. He fights for game bread. He is very vocal about, listen, I need to make my opponent feel like shit in order for me to feel confident. I know that about myself. I know that's how I need to operate. And that's how I operate. I'm usually friends with them after, but before I need to hate them. And I feel like that's why Ian Gary does what he does. He needs to make his opponent feel lesser than for his own self-confidence. So to watch this change, I'm I'm so curious for fight week and what comes next. Yeah. And what I was going to say about like Ian Gary and like the, you had some good points. You said a little bit of both. Like I disagree in MMA that you need a rebranding if it's not going well or not being be liked because UFC 300, like the headliners everyone wants is literally Conor McGregor and John Jones. And if you've been around for eight years of their last eight years, they're like outside the cage, maybe inside both are at their peak. The greatest we've ever seen outside the cage. They're bad dudes. They, they do whatever the yeah. hell they want. They've done some really bad stuff outside the cage. And that's who we're like, I hate, like maybe not me personally, maybe you guys are, maybe I am. We're all craving a Conor McGregor main event for UFC 300. Like everyone's talking about that. Like if Ian Gary just kept on winning and if he smashed Luke or smashed Jeff Neal, and if he fought Colby Covington and like just kept on doing his thing in this, it's not even a gimmick because like, I think this is a little bit who he is. I think that's why he leaves gym after gym. I think he just rubs people the wrong way. And that's fine. He's a good looking young brass, you know, athlete. Uh, He should be super confident and a little bit arrogant. And then the whole wife thing came out and all that stuff. Like that's a part of everything. I think he should not back away from that. Like just go all in. If that's who you are, just go all in. Just do it. I I do like that. Go ahead. No, I, I think that's right. And I think he might be maybe struggling with this a little bit. And I was talking to somebody else, like there are fighters that are like hated kind of for no reason. Like they, like they just like fans just don't like them. And then they get a big win 
and like they like they get like this nice influx of like positive feedback from the fan base. I think Ian Gary knows that it doesn't matter what he does to Jeff Neal. He's probably not going to get that. Like he's just right. in that place. Like yeah. Colby Covington right now, people just tune in to see him lose. Yeah. And Ian Gary might have to lean into that and just be that guy. And I don't know if he has it in him to mm. do that. Cause I think, I think it kind of hurt Colby Covington over time too. I think it like you lean it into changed that. Him. So yeah. It yeah. changed him hundred percent. And that might happen to Ian Gary too, but maybe he can be successful in that way. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Dave, to your point to, you know, refer to Conor McGregor and John Jones and that sort of thing. You gotta, you gotta admit that there's levels to this shit though. Like we can't put Ian Gary on the same pedestal as Conor McGregor and John Jones, because the reason we fell in love with McGregor and Jones wasn't because of their shenanigans at first. It was because they were, unreal athletes that you know we just right and then they became shitheads and then their loyal fans were like yeah but we still love them it's conor mcgregor and john jones ian gary doesn't have that yet he doesn't have the loyal fan base yet he hasn't done anything i I do agree but i think he he was on that trajectory i think he was on that way what he was doing in the cage was really good for one he was winning fights i know he didn't stop neil magny dude like Neil Magny just upset Mike Malott. We love us some Mike Malott here in Fight Bananas. Mike Malott was, uh, you know, a hot prospect. Dude, I know he didn't finish Neil Magny. He made Neil Magny look bad. Like, he, I think it was 1, 30, 26, 30, 26, 30, 27. Like, he, he, inside the octagon, like, he's really, really good. Like, he's probably, you ready for this one? He might be, like, in the octagon a little bit even underrated because he's so big outside of it. Um, That's fair. I, I get that. I do. I just think. You know, I, sometimes when Con- – I remember Connor's run. I was there for it every single fight, every single second. The Dennis Seaver main event on ESPN on Fox. Uh, I was there watching it. I, yes, I'm aging myself, girls. Yes. You know, I was hey. there for Sugar Sean's run. Like, Ian Gary was yeah, – to me, he's been on par with those guys. Like, he was on that projector. He was headed that way. Yes, yeah. he was headed that way. He wasn't there yet, for sure. He hadn't but had he his Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes moment yet, but it was coming. Yeah. 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 If he still, if he keeps winning fights, I think if he keeps winning everything outside the cage, he can do whatever he wants. He, he can even be hated more, but if he keeps winning, it'll be fine. Yeah. Either way, guys, this card is going to be bonkers. So and top to bottom, it's going to be so much fun. So this Saturday, UFC 298, it's going to be legit. I'm so excited. Unfortunately, I do have to bow out. My my husband has his own podcast to get to, and we only Ooh, have one gorgeous studio. So he has to take the reins and steal my studio. But the lovely Jillian the Savage Robertson is going to take my place. Unfortunately, I have to miss her this time. But, oh, there she is. Wonderful. Hello. Are we, we, we're are we, we're losing a Levine and adding a Savage? Done. <laughs> back, in, back in my fighting days, I was the menace. So the menace – Going to the Savage. Beautiful. I love it. Trade it out real quick. (laughs) I love it. Have a great show, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Later, Maddie. Bye, Maddie. All right. What's up, G? How are you? What's up? I'm doing good. Uh, Just finishing training, kind of getting back into it and uh, feeling fat. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, dude. Me too. I I haven't seen you since your fight. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) I appreciate it so much. Um, so we were just having a really good conversation, probably was going to go on for three minutes. It went on for 15, just, it happens organically. 
we were talking a lot about Ian Gary and about, I guess where we were at, maybe I think L you were kind of maybe I'm not on the side, but you were seeing where I was going with it. And I, gee, I would love your inside of it. I just think a fighter should be who they are, regardless if it's quiet and, or if they're funny or if they're a badass, if they're a silent killer, if Ian Gary's super confident and a little bit over the top and just sometimes hated by the fans still do who you are, especially when you're on a good winning streak, like, especially when you're still like this, what do you think? Because Ian Gary has been totally quiet for this camp and been very quiet so far. We'll see in the next 24 and 48 hours, but a big fight with Jeff Neal. What is your take on what a fighter should do or their, with their personality or change or go with what, uh, you know, especially about Ian Gary. Personality wise. I feel like it's always big to one, like you said, just be yourself, but be like, a little bit more of like an outward version of yourself. I feel like those are really the people who, like you see like the Conor McGregor's who he is so openly himself and so strongly himself and no one talking shit is gonna shut him up. You know, yeah. like Connor's yeah. gonna be Connor regardless. So I really think that's the most important thing. And like you said, it's, it's almost showing the other fighters like where you're at mentally, if they're gonna talk a little shit and then you're gonna take steps back. It's like, you gotta stay the same, keep the, like, uh, keep the same pace, you know? For agree, sure, for yeah. sure. Um, there's like three things about, I know your teammate just got a fight announcement. I wanna talk about that. Of course, more stuff on UFC 298, but I'm just gonna peel this band-aid off right away, G. Who wins, Andrea Lee or Miranda Maverick at UFC 298? Oh, I was just looking at that. Honestly, that's a very interesting, I feel like they're, I don't, it will be like striker versus grappler, but they're kind of similar in like their spot in the division right now. You know, yep. they're, they're both very, um, I guess, well-rounded girls. Uh, I think that, I think it goes to the vet. I think it, Andrea does have it. Okay. Um, but right it's definitely a very close matchup. I think that one's hard to call. Angry. You, have, yeah. you have Andrea Lee by split decision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably a good bet. <laughs> I know, it really is. Like, check those odds. That, that's probably money. Oh, yes. I'm, I, I was going to say, I definitely, I want to pick her brain so much about Taporia and Volkanowski because I have me and Elle are on different sides of this fight. So I love it when we are on different sides. Such a good fight, uh, G. This is like, you know, the main event. Uh, two guys. I'm not saying Volkanowski by any means is going this way, but had one of the best runs in featherweight history. Two L's in a row versus Makhlchev, Tapora, Young, uh, very brass, undefeated in the UFC, going this way. Who do you have winning the main event, Tapora or Volkanovski? Before I get into that, did you guys see the video of um, Volkanovski talking about his daughter, talking about Makhlchev? No. <laughs> no. No. It's that, the old man video because that was The old man too. video that was so was good. Too. So funny. Uh, Volkanovski said his daughter was talking and she's like, oh no, what if somebody breaks in the house? And he's like, oh, nobody's going to break in. Don't worry, I'm the world cha champion. And she's like, well, what if Islam Makachev breaks in? <laughs> it's so funny. She's That's getting horrible. burned by your own daughter. That's awesome. Yeah, I love horrible. that. I don't know what I would say. <laughs> Going into the fight. I, uh, it's a tough one. Three rounds, I think it's a different fight versus a five round fight. I think that uh, Taporia definitely had a would have had a better chance if it is three rounds. I feel like it's a very close fight, but going into championship rounds, I think Volk just has too much experience. And as Dawson says there, with that old man strength, I think uh, I think Volk's gonna just be able to get it in the later rounds. I I'm on your side. I feel like 
this vet versus young prospects, just like we saw last week with uh, Joe Pfeiffer and Jack Hermanson. I think Joe Pfeiffer might be a better fighter than Jack Hermanson. I think he's very skilled. He's very, he's definitely the more explosive guy, but man, those experience points are so valuable. And I, I'm, I'm kind of on your side here. I feel like the longer the fight goes on, the less it goes in Ilya's favor. Okay, and talking about that fight, I'm like, Nine times out of 10, I would have said Joe Pfeiffer won the Jack Manson fight. And it was just really experienced that pulled it out. He weathered the storm early and was just able to do what a pro needed to do. I also, I, I brought this up to Dave earlier today too. And I wonder if you agree. I feel like, I, I feel like it's the right call to put Ilya in this title shot right now, because otherwise if he, if we don't, and they give him to a Max Holloway or, or an Arnold Allen, we might lose another contender in a division that is starving for contenders. So I think it's the right decision. But my hesitation comes from us not seeing a fight like that. I feel like we always see Ilya Tapora as this massive hammer, and we've never really got to see him in like a close fight. Like he obliterated Josh Emmett. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to see a fight like against a Max Holloway where he has that really tough close fight. Are you on the same page? Yeah, I, 100%. I feel like he is getting the shot a little bit too early, but also, like, where does the division go, essentially? <laughs> but um, I, I would have liked to see him against, like, a Max Holloway or something like that. But And I, I think if you are going to be a champ, if you want to prove yourself as champ, then you should be able to beat the number one, number two, number three guy. So I, I think that uh, it would have been nice to see that, but just where the division's at, we need another contender, and Taporia fits the spot. Uh, we have a good question coming in with one of our cool guys, Mystic Black. But I to go on that, and you got you said a perfect thing. I think it was L about the hammer. Sometimes I think it's great to be to have the unknown. Taporia only knows how to be the hammer. Like that's it. Like some in a weird way, that is good. Fair Sometimes, and, and dude, he I doesn't totally, know how to lose. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know. Like he doesn't know. He's almost too young, and I don't want to say dumb, but I think everyone knows they understand where I'm trying to get at. Like. He's I, I feel like he's going to walk pretty solidly. Dude, McGregor to Eddie Alvarez. He literally has his hands behind his back. You're so confident, and you're such in a good mode. You just you, you have a good mojo. Yeah, you're going to get caught sooner or later, and you're going to get knocked out. Anderson did, did that to Chris Weidman. It's going to happen, but right now, he's the fucking hammer, and I think that's so important, and I think he's going to be the hammer Saturday night when he wins the championship of the world. But All right, this is oh, a yeah. good question, dude. Oh, I was going to say, ignorance is bliss. You know, like that being said, maybe we see a different Volk coming out there now off of a Makachev loss, off of being knocked out. You know, it's like who's to say what fighter we're going to see out of him, too. All right. Uh, They go, Jillian, do you think UFC 299 is overly stacked and has too many main events on the undercard? I don't think it's possible for an event to be overly stacked. Um, I would definitely, I don't know. The only way I would say that 299 is overly stacked is if this 300 main event doesn't live up to what I expect it to live up to. That's the only way, because I feel like 300 definitely deserves the spotlight. You know, it's the 300 of the event. And if 299 takes that shine, that's the only way I would agree that it's overly stacked. What can the main event of 300 G happen? And you'd be like, dude, that it, it's it's not what it's not up to. My standards, like what could, like if it's Leon and Bilal, are we like super just disappointed about it? Like is as a masses of fans of MMA people, are we like, dude, that's not the main event. Like, come on. 
there's a couple ones out there that I've heard and there's a couple ones that I've hoped for that are big names that I keep on getting denied. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's definitely a lot out there that I just feel like don't have the star power. I think you really need like a Connor or a John or an Islam in that spot to really like be, to have like the effect of being in a main event for 300. Besides one of those three, I don't really, well, and it's like the other two that I would say would be Volk and O'Malley, which are coming up next month and the month after. So those are the only people who I really think that can take that spot. So other than that, I'd be kind of disappointed. No, I feel you. I, feel yeah. you. I think I see Dawson that. with the question for you. I, and I want to go back to what Mystic said in a second. Um, as someone who likes to get the finish, how do you prepare for when your opponent won't go down? Uh, well, the goal in all of this is to be mixed martial artist. So ideally, I want to be able to put them down on the feet, uh, working for that every day. But uh, if it is a little bit trickier to get the takedown, then that's when I'm going to start faking my takedowns and coming up with strikes. So then we make our opponent think that we want the takedown and are able to do damage on the feet, then use the strikes to set up the takedown again. So just play with them back and forth. I love it. Um, little story. I'm always through analogies with my point that I've hopefully I'll get to my point where uh, Darnell was talking about how I, the UFC 299 being amazing. This card, dude, like, gee, we haven't talked about Marab and Cejudo, Whitaker and Costas on this card. The main card is like one of the best main cards ever for this UFC 298. 299 is amazing. 300 is amazing. And I actually, me as a person, I like what the UFC is doing. And my analogy is there's a great ice cream place. I go pick up my kids at the uh, at the daycare and on the way home halfway there's this awesome ice cream place i love it the kids love it and during the summer when it's like summertime like i would go once every other week you know sometimes once a week a couple weeks in a row and then i'm like you know we're and i feel it we're going too much like we're we're getting too much ice cream if that makes sense we're doing too much of this and now in school is i go like once a month once every two months and where my point is i feel like if the UFC, I like when it's a massive card, at least once a month, like the pay-per-view, and we can't miss it. Guys, we, as as MMA fans or someone who loves the sport, who is in the sport, who covers the sport, you can't miss UFC 298. It's too good. And I, I the fight nights to me are appetizers. Like, they shouldn't be, there shouldn't be seven fights on the card like we can't miss on a fight night. To me, it shouldn't. Like, Hermanson and Joe Pfeiffer, that was good enough for me. Like, I'm going to watch. And there was other fights, of course, on the card that we all had a little intake in. But I want the pay-per-views to be so stacked. And then the fight nights, give me a main event. Give me Moicano and Drew Dober. That that hooked me in. I I, I want to watch. And then the rest of the card can be okay. But every pay-per-view should be four or five cannot miss fights. Like, I need top-end stuff. You guys agree or disagree? Oh, yeah. Well, like, looking back to the fight card that I was on, I'm like, who's going to buy this? I'm like, there wasn't enough big names on that fight card. Like, uh, Sean Strickland was the main event. And then besides that, it was like, there was some big names. There was the bantamweight title fight that didn't live up to the expectation for a lot of people. And it's just, it. I'm like, why is that worth a pay-per-view, essentially? Like, most of those right. fights would have been fine on a fight night card. Where, mm -hmm. like you said, now we're excited for every single fight on the card. Every single fight's a big fight. And it's worth the 80 bucks that everybody's going to pay. Right. Um, one thing I love about this show so damn much, it's live. Anything that can happen. We had such a good question from our guy, Mystic Black. Uh, he got a link and now he's coming on the show to talk about it. Maybe agree with us or disagree with us. So here we go. Mystic, my man, how are you? 
How you doing, Big Dave? The red line is on, baby. What's up, Jillian? <laughs> How you guys doing? Um, I just have to say it. These fight nights cards have been absolute booty. Absolute booty. Terrible, terrible, terrible. They're putting nothing on these undercards. Even the main events have been absolutely terrible. But then you have, and I understand what you're saying, Jillian, about you can't have an overstacked card. But when you have that many fighters, you got to spread them out. You have to spread them out and kind of, you know, give them that limelight. Yes, but put them on a card like the Dustin Poirier and Benoit Sejini. That can be a main event of a, of a fight night card and have somebody else on, on those undercards to keep building those guys, you know, because it doesn't make sense as all these fighters are just drowning on these other cards and nobody knows who they are and there's no spotlight because the main event brings no, no traction in. I and think that there's say, a... Say, oh, I was going to say, they can say something, but Miss, I think this is great. I love it because I, I really do disagree with it because I love when the pay-per-views like coming up on UFC 298. It's The main event is amazing. The main event is one of the top five main events I think the UFC can put on. Then you got the co-main with Whitaker and Costa. I love that fight. I can't miss it. Then you have Cejudo and Marab. What a great fight. Probably the winner will fight for the championship. I love this fight. Then Ian Gary is a guy on the ascension. Jeff Neal, an underrated fighter who I think I'm going to literally pick Jeff Neal to win on Saturday. So good. Jeff Neal at 100% is almost unbeatable sometimes. I love when the pay-per-view. And then um, L has uh, Romans on the card. Like Krylov is so good. I love when the pay-per-views are like, Boom, 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 like a WrestleMania type. You can't miss it, Mystic. You can't miss it. And then the fight nights, I agree that the last couple of weeks maybe hasn't been great, but I think I love when it's one or two fights that grabs you. You have to watch it. And the rest of the card might not be great, but I love when the pay-per-views are stacked. That's just my two cents. No, for, for sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, how can we showcase all those guys who people don't know who they are? Dana has all these people coming off the Contender Series, but... Have you seen any contender series people fight in these last couple cards that are showcasing them? No, we don't remember because nobody's right. watching those cards. There's a there's a co- there's a main event coming up, and I think it's Jarzinho uh, uh, Rosenstruck against a guy who fought one time in the UFC, one time, yeah. and he was the first fight of a of a prelim. Who is he? Nobody knows who he is, and I understand UFC is a huge brand, and a lot of people are gonna ma- watch no matter what but it's starting to take a little bit of a dip and some people are not tuning into the fight nights and the apex and nobody even goes to the apex anymore. There's like 20 people in there. They need to get out of the apex. I'm sorry. I love the product, but they're getting a little lazy. I have to be very honest. I agree with the apex call. I would love to see some more fights, but here's my thing with you're talking about all these contender series guys. That is the problem. That is the reason why some of these fight night undercards really suck. And it's because these guys that are getting signed off the contender series, when, when, I know I'm going to say his name again, but when Grant Dawson was on the contender series, he was like 12 and one with all finishes. The guys on the contender series now are three, four and oh, they aren't ready. They aren't ready for the level that they're getting to. And so I, I think it's part of the reason we're having some of these guys pull out of fights because they're getting injured or they're just not ready for these big moments or they're just not quite UFC caliber yet. I think they need to sign less guys. Trust me, the roster is full there are plenty of guys waiting for fights that are high level and are ready for those fights. And I actually think we have too many young guys getting signed too early. My last point about the fight nights in the main event and Grant, you know, we talk about him a lot. We love Grant on our show. Also Jillian, right? Like Grant just main evented a fight night four months ago, whatever. I would be awesome. Like, and I don't know if Jillian agrees or disagrees on this point, And I would love to take it away. 
I would love to see Jillian Robertson versus Angie Hill as a fight night main event. Like they're not going to main event a pay-per-view just yet until Jillian fights for the championship and is the new championship of the world. But like, this is a, a, you know, mystic. I totally get where you're coming from. I do get it. Sometimes it's too early for some of these main events. I get it. But right now, in 2024, in the spring, Jillian's not main event in UFC 300 or 301, but we can main event a, a fight night main event versus Angie Hill or Michelle Watterson. This could seriously happen in April or June. Maybe maybe Jillian has some insight on that. I don't know. Shit, I just want to know why this dude is main event after one fight, and I have 16 and still on the prelims. <laughs> That's the real question and, here. And with yeah. a lot of finishes. Like, they like finishes, and you, you have the most finishes in, what, uh, UFC MMA uh, women's history, right? Yes, yeah. Why are you not on main cards? Like, you should be on main cards all the time if that's what they want. Come on now, UFC. What are we doing? Exactly. Come on, UFC. Julian just took a woman's soul in her last fight. Like, I want to see that on a pay-per-view main card. Uh, hopefully one day, but until then, I'll just hope for that Angie Helm uh, in May main event. Hopefully coming up soon. Say three, four months, and we'll get that a fight night. <laughs> Let's go. There we go. Darnell, dude, it's always great talking to you. Let's connect soon. There's a lot of Roman Reigns talk that we have to go through and uh, some other I'm fight in. night stuff, my brother. Let's talk soon, all right? I'm in, guys. Hey, pleasure for coming on, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. There we go. I love live shows. You never know. You never know. So uh, Keelan's been saying some really nice things about you, G. Congratulations. Completely. He goes, completely agree with L. So many of these guys aren't even close to the UFC. And by the way, G, congrats on the last fight. Like, yeah, I... I do. There, there are pros and cons for sure. And we went over like the fight night stuff, but like, I would, I love, like, I don't know. I love stacked pay-per-views. Like UFC 299 is amazing. UFC 300 is awesome. When we get the main event, the whole card is so good. I love it. It's like, guys, you can't miss this fight and fight nights. That's, that's elevate. It's, you know, it was cool that, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they're trying to get Joe Pye for that win. Dude, G versus Angie or G versus Michelle. Fight poster? I like it. You got red in the background, the hair. You got uh, Michelle doing a karate kick. I, come on now. Dave's designing the posters for the UFC now. <laughs> I was going to say the red on the poster would just, it, it has to happen. It's going to be fire. So it's like, does the UFC marketing team know what they're doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last thing. So we went through the Taporia fight. Two fights. I would love your take. And we'll, we'll run for today. Uh, Co-main event, Whitaker and Costa. Seems like everyone, I think you and I have definitely talked about Robert Whitaker multiple times. Everyone loves Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. Uh, he, his last fight lost to DDP, who's now the champion. Does Whitaker come back and beat Costa? Or is he, is this the end of Robert Whitaker as we know it? Side note, they both have hilarious social media accounts. They do. They do. Costa's <laughs> pretty funny. He's funny. Costa's <laughs> hilarious. But, um, yeah, I think it's honestly, uh, I, I think I agree with the whatever, uh, the most, uh, uh, most of the people are saying, I think uh, Bobby Knuckles comes out with it. I think Robert Whitaker is just the uh, more well-rounded fighter. And I think that, um, I don't know, Paula Costa almost seems like a little bit one-sided sometimes. So I think that yeah. um, Whitaker just is definitely going to come out the victor. I like that. And then probably maybe the fight of the night. Um, I wish it was five rounds. It just feels like it should be a five-round fight. So Hudo versus Marab uh, Devalishvili. Uh, should be a lot of wrestle and a lot of grappling, but I know, and you know, you guys have been in it more than me. Usually, sometimes when it's awesome wrestlers, sometimes it's a striking fight for 15 minutes. I would love to see if they did stand up and strike for 15 minutes. How would it be? So, what do you? What's your take on Cejudo Marab? We haven't really talked about this fight that much. 
I think this is going to be like, you know, like the little Spider-Man meme, them both pointing at each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So good. Yeah, I got to make that. Just... We got to make that now at Fight Bananas. They're both so similar. <laughs> like they both are very good wrestlers, both very good at mixing their striking and their wrestling together, which I feel like is very uncommon in MMA. A lot of times you see a good wrestler and they don't really know how to mix it into their striking. But these two won't commit to a strike. Will I won't commit to a shot. Will come up with strikes and are both very well versed at that. I think we are going to see them kind of stick to their games more. I don't think we're going to see necessarily a striking battle. But um, gosh, picking a winner in this one, I think, is the hardest one. I think that it, it's a very close matchup with these two. Oh, how about yeah. you? They're the same guy. No, I agree exactly. Like they're very similar styles. I think that Marab's cage wrestling is a little higher level. And I think that Cejudo's open mat wrestling is a little bit higher level. So I right. think that if Marab can, can pressure and, and get Cejudo against the cage, like I think he can probably keep him there for most of the fight and chew up a lot of clock. If Cejudo takes Marab down open mat, like, can he hold him there? Like, I feel like it's just going to be an epic 15 minute scramble. I love it. I love it. Uh, gee, where can you get some really fire merch at? Where, where do you have to go? Uh, you know, if you head over to Jillian-Robertson.com, you get the Who Wants the Smoke collection. I, I'd say it's pretty fire. I, I'd say it, it's high fashion. I, I, I do concur. I think we should do – yeah, I'm doing it right now. So Fight Bananas and Jillian Robertson, we're going to do a giveaway. We're going to go on the site right now. We're going to buy a T-shirt. And I'll wait to buy the t-shirt until we see who wins. Let's do something. Let's pick three fights out of UFC 298. The person we have to, we'll put it on our socials. You have to get the fights right. Uh, you know, we'll maybe do the main event. Maybe. What do you guys think? The main event, Marab and Cejudo and Costa Whitaker. Is that the three fights? Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. We'll do those three fights. If you get that, um, the, you know, you get the winners right. And maybe we'll do like by decision on one of them or like by how. If one person does it or more, we'll we'll pick and then we'll what size you are, we'll go to Jillian-Robertson.com, buy a shirt, and then send it to the winner. There you go. Ooh. Oh no, I think that sounds dope. There we go. So there we go. We're just, you know, what is it? It's Tuesday afternoon, just coming up with lightning ideas like that. Look at that. Lightning. So there that we go. We'll fun. do a giveaway. <laughs> we'll make a post. It was that pen, G. It was uh, I'm writing so well nowadays on that. Beautiful pen you got me. So uh, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. L. Dawson, Julian Robertson. Anything else, guys? Anything um, Anything we want to push? Any? Uh... No. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> it. Everything. Wednesday night. Uh, L, I don't know if you talked to Grant about this. We're supposed to be doing a live show. I got Raphael Esparza to come on because it's a pay-per-view. Yes. We love Raphael. He's love so pumped. Him. He goes, he goes, are we doing a live show on Valentine's night? I go, dude, I, uh, yeah, we got kids. Our Valentine's during the day. I was like, I got an LSL. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I don't but we'll think talk we're doing there, anything. We, we have nothing planned. We're probably, our massage therapist usually comes on Wednesday evenings. So we'll probably get massages and hey, have strawberries, you know, at the, at the end of the table, the strawberries having a massage. Well, we're getting, they're not fun massages. They're like, <laughs> I'm crying and trying not to kick my massage therapist massages you can just use your imagination for valentine's day <laughs> it'll be fine i honestly didn't even think about that i don't think we have plans <laughs> all right well talk to grant first we make sure i'm not ruining any valentine's day plans to fight bananas. <laughs> tomorrow night we, we might be going live for ben and bananas to go through it 
Jillian the Savage Robertson. Um, hopefully you have a great Valentine's Day tomorrow. And we'll talk to you real soon. Next week, we'll talk about how Ilya Taporia won the UFC featherweight championship. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll see everyone next week. I'm trying to push the button. My computer's awful right now. I'm trying. <laughs>